It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts across the network here at Locked On. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every Friday throughout the season, I'll be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. So either at me or DM me at Julian Council. But first, make sure to press that follow button and send me in your questions for this upcoming Friday. Friday. And I'm sure you'll have plenty of questions as today your Carolina Panthers fall 21 to 18 against the Philadelphia Eagles. We've seen a lot of these here in Carolina, but this is among the most inexplicable losses by the Carolina Panthers that we have ever witnessed in the 27 seasons of this franchise here in Charlotte, North Carolina. To lose this game to Philadelphia a team that's 1-3, and three, a team that's coming off of back-to-back weeks where they've given up 40 points. Just inexcusable. There's not, I mean, there's plenty to say about this, but it's just at a point in time, like you have to be at a loss for words for what you just saw again this Sunday. Last year, Minnesota was one of them. We've seen them throughout the years, but this game especially. All the things that we've been concerned about dating back to week one came to a head today. Every single one of them. The offensive line, which we'll certainly have plenty to say about, was bad once again. Giving up three sacks, eight quarterback hits. Sam Darnold, particularly when it comes to when he was in the pocket and the pressure coming in the middle with Matt Paradis, John Miller, and Dennis Daly giving up pressure after pressure throughout the game. That does not help. The issue is obviously not at tackle, as we saw what Brady Christensen was able to do, starting at right tackle and then moving Taylor Moten over to left tackle. That's not the issue. The issue was inside with the guys playing guard and playing center. That is where the issue was with the Carolina Panthers. So we knew going to this week that that could be an issue with Fletcher Cox, who got his first sack of the game, and then Javon Hargrave, who came over with five sacks, now has six sacks. We knew that could be an issue for the Carolina Panthers. If they don't protect, that Sam Darnold could have trouble back there with those guys coming after him. And it was an issue. We also have seen 
early on the season, the Panthers just disappearing offensively at certain points in games. And I said week one against the Jets, if the Panthers do this against better teams, they are going to lose. And I thought if they did that against the Saints, they would lose that game. But the defense was so good that they were able to mask what was obviously a massive issue for the Carolina Panthers. And I'm not going to say the Eagles were a good team, but they're an opportunistic team. And in the NFL, any given Sunday, if you let a team hang around long enough, they will figure it out. But once again, the Carolina Panthers lost this game because of what happened in the third quarter. First half, they give up 88 total yards. 88 total yards to the Eagles. And led 15-3 to at the half. When you only give up that much in the first half and you're leading, you're controlling the game, you should not be having the conversation that we're having right now that you lost the football game. But once again, coming out of halftime, we ask the question, pretty much every single week. What is going on during the break to where the Carolina Panthers come out flat every single time? And honestly, they actually weren't even that flat this week. Defensively, they get two straight takeaways, both by Dante Jackson. What does the offense do with it? Nothing. Nothing. They gained 59 yards and didn't convert a third down in the third quarter. And next thing you know, it's 15-3. excuse me. The Eagles are right back in it. And just like last week, Sam Darnold throws crucial interception, especially last week against the Cowboys. Those two interceptions threw away the game. This week, three interceptions. The last one that ended the game, the Eagles corner, apparently he said that he had seen Robbie Anderson lining up in that formation and they had run that play multiple times. So he read the route, picked off Sam Darnold as he was throwing out to the boundary. So maybe you don't blame Darnold for that one. But either way, We had sat here and talked about with Teddy Bridgewater last year how the Carolina Panthers in these situations where they have a chance to either tie the game or win the game with under two minutes, they went 0 for 8 in those situations with Teddy Bridgewater as a quarterback. Were that all on Teddy? No, but that's a big reason why he's not here in Carolina. Was today all on Sam, the Carolina Panthers losing this game and not converting there at the end? No, but certainly he's got to hit Robbie Anderson earlier. I mean, I mean, in the game, you can't you can't miss those throws. You missed a ton of throws today. And in the offensive line, putting them behind the sticks on that final drive, that doesn't help matters. But three interceptions by Sam Darnold today, a guy who never looked comfortable throughout the game, and he said after the game that he was pressing. Why? What are you pressing about? You've been playing good football for the last couple weeks. You've, for the most part, taken care of the football. Now, there have been situations that I brought up where he's been fortunate. He should have been picked off week two against the Saints when he was waiting for Dan Arnold to go across the field. He should have been picked off in that situation. The Texans game where he fumbled twice, he got lucky that those those fumbles were recovered by the Panthers. So there's been times where he could have turned the ball over more and we could have been having a different conversation about him protecting the football or not protecting the football. The three interceptions today were all just back-breaking interceptions that played a role in the team losing the football game. And if he continues to have the games like he had today, because honestly, we go back to last week. Sure, they come back. They make the game look competitive at the end, but the game was over in the third quarter because of how they played and because of his two interceptions against Dallas. And honestly, he should have thrown a third one against Dallas in that fourth quarter where that was one of the possessions where they scored a touchdown. Like, they should have never even had an opportunity to score a touchdown because it should have been another turnover. So this almost was back-to-back weeks of three picks for Sam Darnold. So five interceptions, the lax six quarters for Sam Darnold. That's not good football. That's not winning football. And Matt Rule didn't even say his name at all. He just said the quarterback. The quarterback has to be better. The offensive line has to be better. But the Carolina Panthers, 
cannot have games like this anymore. We cannot continue to watch the same game week in and week out where they're dominant in the first half. They come out at halftime and they do nothing in the third quarter offensively. And in the fourth quarter, they hope to try and end the game. And Matt Rule said, oh, well, the Eagles, they just made that one play more than us today. And he grabbed the block punts like, there shouldn't have been a situation where the Eagles needed to just make that one extra play to beat the Panthers. The Panthers should have never had that be a game. But they allowed them to hang around all day long, and it will happen. Philadelphia started figuring things out offensively because the defense is out there all day, and eventually they're going to figure it out. And the Panthers' defense, they have been good this season. Obviously, they have been excellent. But every time a team's gone to the red zone against that defense so far this season, six for six. All of them have been touchdowns. I'll also say, this is his second straight week where the Panthers needed the defense to get a stop. And they couldn't do it. Couldn't get off the field in the crucial point of the time. So as good as, as they are, and obviously I'm not blaming them, it's not their fault. But in the situations where they needed the defense to get off the field, they couldn't do it for them for the second straight week. And that's disappointing. Everything, all around, what we saw today was disappointing. And it's just, I, I cannot believe that time and time again, it feels like we've we see these games Carolina Panthers play and the same issues that have gone on all week and they start off 3-0 or all season so far. They start off 3-0. You feel good about the team. You love the trades of C.J. Henderson and Stephon Gilmore and what they can add to this roster um, when, when Gilmore comes back. And, of course, the injuries don't help, but that's football. Today was just a bad effort by the guys in black and blue. Nothing other than that you can really say about it. It was a horrible effort, and... There's no reason this team should be 3-2 and two right now. This should be a 4-1 and one football team, still tied atop of the NFC South, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Instead, they drop a game, and now we're wondering, moving forward, is what we're watching sustainable for the Carolina Panthers? Can they continue to win football games if the offensive line is going to be this issue, an issue and the quarterback is going to continue to throw the ball away to the other team? I don't know. We'll get into more of this here. In just a moment, as the Carolina Panthers lose a frustrating game, 21-18 to to the Philadelphia Eagles at home. Well, it didn't even feel like it was at home because apparently there's way more Eagle fans in the stadium than there were Panther fans. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So when I made my prediction going into the season that the Carolina Panthers were going to be 8-9, the two main reasons I pointed out why I didn't believe this would be a team that had a winning record, unfortunately, a team I didn't believe was going to go to the playoffs of this season, 
was because of my concern with the offensive line and my concern at quarterback. And both of those showed up today against Philly. The O-line, no doubt, allowing pressure after pressure does not help Sam Darnold feel confident back there in the pocket. That is obvious. Everyone knows it. But at a certain point in time, the quarterback has to be able to help out the offensive line. That means getting the ball out on time and quicker. And he said himself after the game, a lot of these excuses people like to bring up, well, it's the offensive line's fault. It's only the offensive line. Sacks are not always an offensive line stat. They are a large part quarterback stats as well. If you look at other guys across the league like who have struggled when getting sacked a ton, like Carson Wentz back when he's in Philly, throw the football away, get rid of it. Don't sit there in the pocket too long and you won't have a bunch of sacks. Now, of course, the O-line has to be better. And all of the pressure is coming from the interior. So Matt Paradis, who's going to be here, final year here in Carolina, there's not a better option on the roster. We've talked about this. Pat Offline, I'm sure they have an idea that maybe he could be the center for the team next season. It's not going to be Sam Tecklenburg. I don't think you'll want that. I'm happy that Paradis was healthy because that's certainly not a situation the Panthers wanted to be in today had he not been able to go. John Miller, Matt Rule says plenty of nice things about John Miller. He's dealing with a shoulder issue, which that's a built-in excuse right there, which we didn't hear about today, but we heard about last week when he couldn't block at all against the Cowboys. But he hasn't played well. He hasn't. And his selfishness cost him one game this season when he caught COVID because he wouldn't get, get vaccinated. So he hasn't played well. He's been selfish. At some point in time, we got to see somebody else, right? Like Deontay Brown, I know a ton of people want to see him. I certainly want to see him get an opportunity because John Miller's not going to be a long-term answer here in Carolina. Again, like last year, they brought him in for a one-year deal, brought him back for a one-year deal. So clearly, they don't value him as a guy who's going to be a part of that offense line past this season. So you put in assets and resources to go get a guy like Deontay Brown. You have Brady Christensen graded out as a second-round guard. Put him in there. If Cam Irving's back healthy and they're comfortable with him at left tackle, which they really shouldn't be. But that the issue in the interior offense line is going to be an issue throughout the, se- the rest of the season. We talked about this last week, and we know it. It's just, it's, that's just what we're going to have to deal with. Scott Fitterer in on every deal. He's called around the league trying to find offense linemen. Teams aren't budging because you're not going to give up good depth on the offensive line because there's very few offensive linemen out there in the league that are able to stay in front and keep these monsters that we have now on defense because these dudes coming through college football and defensively in the NFL now are bigger, faster, stronger than ever before. And I imagine it can't be easy playing offensive line in the NFL. It's got to be one of the toughest jobs nowadays with the athletes on the other side of the ball. But the Carolina Panthers have not been able to even find five guys that they feel comfortable with out there. And honestly, Christensen's probably one of their best five, but they got to find the right spot to put them. And Brown might be one of their best five, but you got to find the right spot to put him. And there's one guy in the interior who's an issue that you just can't replace. He's put Elfline in there. It's not going to get better at center. You put Tecklenburg in there. It's not going to get better at center. Like Matt Paradis is just what you're going to have to make do with this, this season. But you can make a change with John Miller. You can put Christensen there instead, or you can give Deontay Brown a chance to keep Christensen at right tackle. Like that might like the best case scenario right now for the Carolina Panthers when it comes to the offense line is keeping Moten there at left tackle daily. Got to play better at left guard. He's had moments like today was, wasn't a good for, day for him, but he's had, he played well last week against Dallas, at least in pass protection. We got to have him at left guard, Paradis at center. Then maybe Brown, if that's what works out at right guard, then you got Christensen at right tackle. But that's two rookies there on the right side, which could lead to issues later on in the season, especially when you play pretty good defensive linemen. The situation, though, in the interior is just it's not it's not it's not sustainable. It's very hard to look at this team week in and week out and have confidence in them winning the football game when you know going into it that your quarterback is going to be under pressure the entire 
game. And yes, back in New York, Sam Darnold dealt with that. He didn't have he didn't have the weapons, and we knew we saw how that led to the issues that he had for three years in New York. But objectively, he was horrible in New York. And today, we saw Sam Darnold and what he looked like when he was a New York Jet. Again, he said he was pressing. Why? Go out there, do your job, play your role. Matt Roll has said that from day one. We're not asking Sam to come in here and be the savior. All we need him to do is come in, do his job, don't make mistakes, play clean football, and he will have success. And he had been doing that up until last week where, yes, oh, he threw for 300 yards and he had four touchdowns. It didn't matter. He locked, The game was over when he threw two picks last week. And the game was today. In the first half, the only reason the Eagles even scored was because he threw a pick. And two picks, again, two other ones after that, three interceptions today. This is the kind of stuff that will not have him here next season. This is the kind of stuff that I was concerned about going into the season. Why I'm highly skeptical of whether Sam Darnold is the guy. Because he's been lucky to not have turned the ball over as much as he has so far this season. But today, these are the kind of games that he is surely capable of doing multiple times this season. And if he does it, he won't be back here next year. This is why I wasn't on board back when I first hopped on the show and there was talk of the Panthers and Darnold that would be a good fit because of this kind of stuff. You blame it Adam Gase today? Is this Adam Gase's fault that Sam Darnold threw three interceptions today? Is it? It's not just Gase. He has to make better decisions. And these were horrible decisions that he made today. And Darius Slay, he was a fantastic corner. He did a great job on DJ Moore today because really we didn't hear a lot from DJ. And he had that great play on Darnold in the first half. It's just, this is the stuff that had me concerned about him going into the season. And again, he's been solid. Up until this point, he's had solid. I mean, really the first three and a half games of the season, up until halftime of Dallas, he's been solid. And you can even and you go fourth quarter last week against Dallas, even though he should have been picked off in that one of those drives. He's been solid. But today, this is what this is what he's capable of. This is the kind of stuff that the skeptics like myself, this is what we were talking about. We're saying, like, we have to wait and see. I'm not making a determination on Sam Darnold and saying, oh, it's over for him in Carolina. Oh, it's not going to work. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, like, today, these are the kind of games that lead me to be concerned about the longevity of him here in Carolina and whether this can actually work out. Because, again, with Bridgewater, they signed that three-year deal that never made any sense. One and done with him. That's Matt Rule. That's a decision that he made. Can't throw that one on Marty. That's a decision that Matt Rule made. And then this summer or spring or whatever, when they went out there and they traded for Sam, that's a decision that Matt Matt Rule and Scott Fitter made. But that's back-to-back years. Matt Rule going out there getting a quarterback that he is going to hope can work out. And it's that's, I'm, again, not saying it's not working out with Sam Darnold. But right here, this is the stuff we saw in New York. Happened already here in Carolina. Five weeks into the season. He's got to bounce back next week. And that's one of the things I want to see with Sam Darnold. When he does have these bad games, how does he bounce back? Last week, I didn't think he played particularly well against the Cowboys. Didn't bounce back well today. Now, how does he play next week against Minnesota? Because that Vikings defense can get after you. Getting after the passers has been their calling card. Mike Zimmer is a hell of a coach when it comes to coaching defensive football. So he could have issues again next week. Hopefully not. I want to see how he bounces back. But his first opportunity to go out there and lead his team to victory after a terrible day, he didn't do it. So now Matt Rule and his career here in Carolina, his team is are 0 for, 0 for 9 in those situations, trying to go down the field to win the game or either tie it late. Not good. 
Ugh, plenty of not great things to talk about and hoping not to be overly negative, but I mean, there's not a lot of positive things to say about the game from today, but we will get into some of the positives and also look at one other area of concern as it pertains to your Carolina Panthers. As again, they fall 21 to 18 to Philly. Pfft, how? How? I'll be right back. Folks, you already know that Built Bar is by far the best tasting protein bar ever. And sometimes they have great limited time flavors like Cookie Dough Chunk that I had a couple weeks ago that I kept telling you about was fantastic. They also have nine delicious flavors that are around all the time, including coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone over at Built Bar. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can always get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting but they're healthy too most flavors have 17 grams of protein only 130 calories only four grams of sugar and only four grams of net carbs go to builtbar.com right now and use promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your first order use promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So one more area of concern that we saw played a major factor and role in the game today was, of course, special teams. And the block punt was the momentum shifter that most people are pointing out to where the Carolina Panthers lost. And I personally believe the game was lost there in the third quarter just based off of the Panthers getting back-to-back takeaways and the offense doing nothing. In that situation, that's where you have to put the game away. So that's where I feel like the game was lost today on Sunday. Not the fact that the, the block, the, obviously the block punt was a major turning point in the game. And that's probably, that's the one that most people, and I'm not saying anyone's wrong to do that. You're probably mainly right to point out the block punt is where everything changed. In my opinion, not going down there in the third quarter and capitalizing on either one of those turnovers is where the Carolina Panthers lost. Because they could have put the game away right then and there. Instead, they don't. And it leads to an opportunity where the Eagles are able to get that block punt. That changes everything for that offense and for that team today in the loss for the Panthers. And special teams actually has been an issue, not just this week, but it's been an issue throughout the season and in years past. And Chase Blackburn has been the special teams coordinator here in Carolina for the last, what, four seasons? And I saw this put out there on Twitter that his special teams efficiency ranking for the Panthers under Chase Blackburn as special teams coordinator, a holdover from the Ron Rivera era. Back in 2018, they were 22nd in the league. 2019, 25th in the league. 2020, 18th in the league. And entering today, they were 29th in the league in special teams efficiency. And yet, Chase Blackburn is running that group. I'm not calling for people's jobs. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying there's one common factor here. Not the kicker. Not the returner. It's Chase Blackburn. That's his unit. Not work it out well. And the Panthers have issues. When it comes to field goals, they've given up a block before. I think they've given up two. And it's come with just the protection issues that they've had there. And they have protection issues again with the with punt. How does that happen? I mean, that's just, 
That's stuff that you see like in college and in high school. That's happening week in and week out here in the pros. So that has to be coaching. That can't be personnel. That's got to be coaching. And sure, you could always have better personnel, but man, that's that's on the coaching staff, and that's obviously on Chase Blackburn. They got to get that tightened up because you can't have special teams issues. You can't have the off when you have your offensive line that can't block and your quarterbacks giving the ball away. You can't have all that stuff happen, and that's what happened again today for the Carolina Panthers. Now, the positives because we can there are positive things always to take away from the game. Chuba Hubbard showed why all running backs in the National Football League should be making federal minimum wage when he ran for 101 yards on 24 carries at five receptions for 33 yards. Also, by the way, it's 29 touches. I didn't hear a single person concerned about Chuba Hubbard's uh, workload today, by the way. 29 touches. He played pretty well, um, helped the Panthers out, and he proved why or showed why the Carolina Panthers drafted him in the fourth round. I know there's a lot of fans out there this past week. They're like, oh, it's uh, at least on Twitter. And Twitter is not real life, but there's plenty of fans who are like, oh, let's see more Royce Freeman. And I had told you all that. The Panthers drafted this guy, Chuba Hubbard, in the fourth round. They value him. Royce Freeman was cut, and they picked him up off of waivers. And if anything, Ronnie Smith has showed more out of the backfield, especially as a pass catcher, than Royce Freeman has. And Chuba Hubbard's capable of doing this job. And you saw today that Chuba Hubbard is very capable. Now when Christian McCaffrey returns next week, do I want to see Chuba Hubbard touching the football? No, because Christian McCaffrey making too much money and is also a pretty key part of this offense. And it's interesting to me the last two weeks, especially this week, you know, you don't not have him, I don't know. Maybe not having McCaffrey might not necessarily be everything, be the main reason why the offense struggle, because obviously the struggles go down to the quarterback play and down to the offensive line. McCaffrey being out there would certainly help the Carolina Panthers today, but Chuba Hubbard went out there, did his job. The running back position was not of any concern for anyone today, that he was absolutely fantastic in what they asked him to go out there and do today. Unfortunately, just couldn't come up with the win. Dante Jackson, the dude's going to earn the bag, man, whether it's here or elsewhere. Scott Federer said that they have room for him. Stephon Gilmore, C.J. Henderson, and J.C. Horn, that they can figure it out. They can pay all those guys and keep them here in Carolina. That's what they said the plan is, that they can go out there and do that. And we'll find out and see that's, that that's the case. But Dante Jackson is certainly driving up that price point, especially when Stephon Gilmore, we already know, according to Josina Anderson, is looking for $15 million a year. And going to be pretty tough to pay him $15 million a year. And then Dante might turn around and want something, I was probably not that high, but something in the ballpark. And he might want to be there for four or five years. So that's a lot of money that they're going to have tied to the cornerback position, which is not bad because corner has been an issue here in Carolina for a number of years. And it's now in a better position than it's ever been in the last, really in the last decade plus. So happy what they have there. But Dante Jackson, the peanut punch that he had on Devontae Smith and in the interception later on where he just did a fantastic job where he was went off as a receiver, as Greg Olson had pointed out in the broadcast. And by the way, Owen to Greg Olson on the call. No more Greg. Sorry, I love you, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not saying you're a jinx, but, you know, they're Owen to if you call in the game. Uh, either way, I think Greg does a fantastic job. But a great job that he pointed out there by Dante Jackson, who just, you know, left his receiver, looked up, looked behind him, saw the ball, and went out there and picked it off. And Jalen Hurts overthrew his receiver anyway, but still a great play by Dante Jackson. He's been a bright spot again this season. Thought he would have been last year had he been able to stay healthy, but the turf toe really affected him. I love the way he's played this season. I love the way he's matured and grown here in Carolina. And he's a guy that you certainly want to keep around. Another guy you want to certainly keep around, and it's going to be hard to keep him too, is Hassan Reddick, who was just absolutely despondent on the at the press conference after the game. And he should be. like These guys work all week to try to come out here and wait each Sunday and not and to do it for themselves, to do it for the city and for all the fans. So 
to see him wearing on his sleeve, like it sucks to see that, but you love the fact that the guy cares. But he had two more sacks today. That brings him up to six and a half this season. Last year with Arizona, yeah, it's contract year again this year, but last year Arizona clearly wasn't a fluke. This guy is fantastic. But can they keep him? Can they keep Dante? Can they keep Gilmore? All guys are going to want to get paid a decent amount of money, especially when you look at like what Reddick has been able to do here in back-to-back seasons so far. Last year with Arizona and then through five weeks here in Carolina. That's going to be a lot of money that he's going to want uh, this upcoming offseason. So the Carolina Panthers, I know Scott Fitter has a plan. They're going to have to figure that out. And the quarterback, if, if Darnold plays the way he's played the last two games and he has more games like he had today, they won't have to be too concerned about the quarterback contract that he potentially might have had to sign it, signed it for him, um, sign him to, excuse me, uh, this offseason. That might help matters also, but, you know, who knows? Hopefully, obviously, Sam, hopefully he can bounce back. But we'll see because the last two weeks have not been good for him when it comes to the turnover category. Uh, Zayn Gonzalez, kudos to him. Perfect on his kicks. Made a 50-yarder. I think he made another 49-yarder and was perfect on extra points. That's what you want to see. Matt Rule seems to have a lot of confidence in Zane Gonzalez. I guess the only thing I would say that was bad was when they lined up for the 58-yarder, they asked him to punt the ball, and then he kicks it into the end zone. So I don't really understand why on earth that was something that they decided to do, whether it's a Chase Blackburn decision or a Matt Rule decision. Like 58-yard attempt, obviously, is not something I want to see because Zane Gonzalez doesn't necessarily have the biggest leg. We had a bunch of touchbacks again today. And they had figured they had changed something up in terms of his approach on kickoffs from the first week where he didn't really have any touchbacks, but he's looked good today. But outside of that, I just don't really understand why they did that. And so another thing we talked about special teams and the efficiency rankings coming in 29th entering today, not, not great. So they got to get that figured out with Chase Blackburn, but positives, Chuba proving that he certainly is a guy more than capable of doing a job. Dante Jackson having a great season. Hassan Reddick also having a fantastic season in Zane Gonzalez and the defense overall. They're excellent. I did point out earlier, and I'll point out again. Each time the opponent has entered the red zone this season, that team has scored. They got to get off the field in the red zone. And back-to-back weeks where they need to stop late in the game to get off the field, get the offense ball back. And even if the offense gets the ball back, let's be honest, the way that they played and the lack of confidence Donald had in himself and in the offensive line, they weren't going down the field and tying the game or winning the game. So even if they got the stop, didn't matter. Last week in Dallas, I never even thought for a second they were going to get the stop, just the way Dallas ran all over them. But still, back-to-back weeks, you love the defense. I'm not trying to criticize them. I think they're they're doing a great job so far this season. They are the one consistent part of this team, other than, of course, poor offensive line play. But they are excellent week in and week out. But you got it to get off the field late in the game when you're all, when your team needs you to do it. And they can't have not been able to do that the last two weeks. And then in the red zone, you can't give up a touchdown every single time a, a, an opponent gets down there in the red zone. So a disappointing day overall for the Carolina Panthers. Darnold, he's got to be better. He has to be better. And I'm not giving up on him. I've said it throughout the time that he's been here in Carolina. I'm going to wait. Give him time. You know, give him eight, nine weeks. But I'm not going to sit here after a couple games and be like, oh, see, he's Sam Darnold. It was a Jets fault because I don't understand why people do that. Like, don't just give it time. We can wait to see how things play out. So let's wait and see how things play out through five weeks of the season. Would I say that Sam Darnold is the answer here in Carolina? No. But had they won this game and he played well, not throwing three interceptions. Would I say that Sam Darnold is the answer here long term here in Carolina? 
No, because I'm going to sit here and wait to see how the season plays out. But games like today are a good example of what he looked like in New York and an example that it wasn't just Adam Gase. Sam has to stop pressing. He has to trust his in his receivers in the offensive scheme. And Joe Brady, he's got to be better too, man. Like, seriously, you got this, this is the guy that everyone's talking about always going to be head coaching candidate and all this kind of stuff. And I believe he's going to get a job no matter what because the NFL has just decided that he's this offensive genius. But he's also the coordinator of an offense that, again, 0 for 9 now in the two seasons here in situations where they either have a chance to tie or win the game. He's the guy coordinating this offense. So we blamed the quarterback last year. You put in a new quarterback, and he throws a pick in one of those drives. And one of and because, in large part, the corner recognized the, the offense that you were in, the play that the design and the scheme that you're in, and made a break on the ball. And that stuff happened last week, too. With Trayvon, with Trayvon Diggs of Dallas. So Joe Brady, he's not infallible. We should all know that by now, especially the red zone issues that they've had here in Carolina that have been cleaned up of late with using Sam Darnold's legs, but he's not infallible, and Sam Darnold certainly is not as well. But am I sitting here bearing either one of those guys and saying that they're not the right fit here in Carolina? No. But Joe Brady's got to be better. Sam Darnold has to be better. The offensive line is not going to be better, honestly, especially when it comes to the interior. Like, the tackle situation seems to be fixed. And at least that's just one game, but that's not a concern at all. If you have Moten there at left and Christensen at right tackle right now, it's not a concern for me at all. But the interior, I just don't know how that gets fixed throughout the rest of the season. If they want to be able to get one, you know, they got plenty of corners. They got plenty of edge rushers. Maybe go trade one of those guys away and try to get an offensive lineman because you just can't have your soul, your entire season get thrown away because of the issues in the interior offensive line. Because the, the Panthers, as Greatest defenses that we've seen, they can only do so much. They they can't they, they're gonna they can get takeaways, but they got to capitalize, got to play complimentary football. Like unless they're gonna start scoring themselves, special teams wise, we're not getting any kick returns. That's like that's not gonna happen. It looks like Alex Erickson fields the ball, does a fine job, but I just don't see that guy breaking on it at any point in time. And just the return game is not really that big in the NFL anymore, especially with the kick return, just based off of the rule changes when it comes to kickoffs and all that kind of stuff. So. <sighs> Three and two, everyone, I think, going into the season would be happy with three and two right now. Am I wrong? Like, I'm sure plenty of people wouldn't be happy. Now, of course, you get into the season, you see how you start three and oh, you don't expect to lose two straight. Like, I thought last week in Dallas would be a loss. Didn't think today against Philly would be a loss, but I did see how potentially could happen. And it was if guys like Hargrave and Cox took over the game and got after the quarterback, which they were able to do. Did not think the offense would have this kind of struggle. Sam Darnold obviously is not Dak Prescott or Patrick Mahomes, so you can probably look at that in terms of the factor of those offenses having a ton of success against Philly, um, getting forty, scoring forty points in back to back weeks. And I credit Philly's defense; they get paid too. They obviously made changes that fixed things up. Thought Darius Slay and that secondary were fantastic. Obviously, they got three picks to show for it. But man, oh man, the Carolina Panthers should have won this football game. All It was lost right there in the third quarter, in my opinion, when you don't score and capitalize on two straight, like, back-to-back plays. Jalen Hurts gives the ball. I mean, Eagles give the ball away, and the Panthers do nothing with it. Sam Darnold, Joe Brady, Matt Rule, like, everyone, they got to answer these questions. They answer the questions, but they got to step up and come back next week against Minnesota because that's a team that can absolutely beat you. And we were looked at the schedule last week of how they got a bunch of one-and-three football teams that they have for the next five weeks. 
And the Vikings were the ones one were one of the teams I was looking at. That's a team that can absolutely beat Carolina because Cousins is playing out of his mind so far this season. Dalvin Cook missed the game today. They and they look they barely beat Detroit. They needed a fifty four yarder to beat the Lions. The Lions play hard football, man. They're playing for their tail off for Dan Campbell. They might stink, but they're playing hard every week. The Vikings are they're a team that can hurt you, especially offensively and defensively. They can do the same things that we saw today. And they got to tighten things up. Darwin's got to get the ball out qu- quicker. He has to stop throwing interceptions because he's not going to get the protection. It's just not going to happen. And that's one of the things I wanted to see. You know, he's not going to get it here in Carolina. And that's certainly going to help hurt his ability to, to evaluate. But the best quarterbacks in the league are all excellent when pressured. Darnold hasn't been so far in his career. Hopefully he steps up, bounces back. Panthers got to be better next week. 21-18, Eagles. Pfft, how? All right, this wraps up another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every Friday I'll be answering your questions here on Lockdown Panthers for our weekly Friday mailbag. So please get those questions into me now. I love y'all. Appreciate the support. We'll all get through it together. Three and two. It's fine. There's still plenty of football left to be played this season. 12 more games left to go. An eternity is left in the season. We're a quarter way through, basically. So, frustrating loss. It's okay. Season's not over, but there are issues that I just don't see they're going to get fixed. And the Panthers just got to figure out a way to be able to overcome them if they want to be a playoff team this year in year two of Matt Rule. So, we'll see how that goes. Again, appreciate y'all. Love y'all. I will talk to you on Tuesday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.